There are a lot of crazy solutions to problems out there today. Not many as crazy as cutting a baby in half. Today we discuss wisdom in hard situations. Welcome to The Truth Response. This is The Truth Response. Okay, so for today's Q&A, questions and answers, hopefully Lizzie's not going to cheat. Our Bible quiz trivianess is about Saul, David, and Solomon to prep us for this week's discussion. Yep, so all the questions have to do with Saul, David, and Solomon. All right. So heart. Does that mean that they answered? Half heart. Yeah. No heart for God. Saul. Whole heart. David. Half heart. I like that. I will, I'm going to use that That's at some point. You can say it really fast. It sounds like a like lot of farting. Okay. So. Hand signs. I don't remember that. No fart. Whole fart. Half heart. Out of the three. Out of the three. That makes it so Who was the first king? No, Saul. no fart. Saul. All right, Saul. Uh, Saul. Which two were father and son? Dalvid and Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't uh, think that's correct. Dalvid. 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 What translation are you studying? <laughs> the Greek brew. <laughs> the Greek brew. Oh. Alrighty then. Which king committed adultery with Bathsheba? Not Solomon. <laughs> that would be gross. <laughs> David. David. Danny Davido. Wait. How would that be any more gross than David? It's his mom. Yeah, it's his mom. <laughs> Is Saul's mom? Solomon. His mom. You, oh, I thought you said then Saul. I get you. I'm Negative. following. <laughs> All right. Well, that probably Negative. would have been because he was I like missed. 107 years old. True. That's true. <laughs> Negative. I was just like, lots lots of grossness. Solomon. I get it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still gross what David did. I'm just saying it's, yeah. Okay. All right. Which king had a son named Jonathan? Saul. 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 Which Better king, call Saul. Which king tried to kill one of the other ones? Which king Saul? tried to kill one of the other ones? Which king performed a sacrifice instead of waiting for Samuel the prophet to come? Saul. Saul. That's why Saul got voted off the king island. That's Saul. Uh, How did Saul die? Saul. Oh, wait, no. We're done with that? His shield bearer or something stabbed him. Like it was somebody through, but then he got his head chopped off. Yeah. But I think he was already dead. Yeah. Yeah. The Philistinos. (laughs) So was King David the same David that killed Goliath? Correct. Yes. Which king had a thousand wives and concubines? Well, supposedly he was the wisest man ever until you read that statement. And then you're like, ain't no wisdom there. Of the Solomon Empire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Which king made a temple in Jerusalem? Solomon. Solomon. All right. Even though David prepared everything for it. Come, Mr. Solomon, follow me, bananas. You're not going to do it, David. Daylight, like, okay, come I will and me want go. Hey. <laughs> he said that. He said that. He said that. He said... What does know. Solomon ask for when God says he can have anything? Wisdom. 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 All three kings were the king of where? Jerusalem. 
Israel. Uh, Israel. It was Israel. <laughs> I mean, they I were said in Jerusalem first too when I was reading through them. But well, then it was split between Israel and David was made and king Judah. in Hebron. I don't know. That's over my head. Was that and what order did <laughs> the priest serve as king? What was their order? Who's Saul, their court? David, con- Solomon. Concubine? <laughs> Saul, David, no concubine. concubine. No. Still don't know the question. Which king was promised by God that Jesus would be his descendant? Davido. All right. We're going to be talking about Solomon today. Solomon. Eman. Oh, this one was Solomon. Uh, this was multiple choice too, but I didn't give you the multiple choice. You're a jerk. <laughs> well, you oh, did because easy. you said it was those either David, Saul, or Solomon. So you did give That's us fair. the multiple yeah, no, choice. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Except what for the Jerusalem thing, D? that was a trick. Yeah. What was answer D on each one of those? I was curious. None on a lot of them, actually. Oh, was none like, of these. Yeah. Well, there was three, three, none of them, none of them, none of them, none of them. Uh, there were four different options for how did Saul die, two for the yes or no question of was David, you know. There was two? David and There wasn't a maybe? And none of them, and none of them, there were four options for the what did Solomon ask for, four options for the, the kings were of king of where, I guess four options for the order. I guess that makes sense. The king of under. And then none of them. There was a lot of none of thems on there. The Not king of it. under there. Not doing it. What was what was Nun's son's name? Under there. Nun's son. It's under there. Joshua. Underwear. Nah. I just made me say underwear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're gonna be discussing Solomon and the two moms and their predicament. Does anybody want to read 1 Kings 3, 16 through 28? 1 Kings 3, 16. You know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to dra- dramatize it. I say you should good. totally dramatize this it. one. Oh, goodness. <laughs> 1 Kings 3, 16. Now, two prostitutes. <gasps> yeah, sound effects are welcome. <laughs> came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, Pardon me, sir, my lord. This woman and I live in the same house and I had a baby while she was there with me. On the third day after my child was born, this woman, she also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. And during the night, this woman, her son died because she lay on him. That's good. So, she got up in the middle of the night, and she took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast, but her dead son by my breast. Next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and, and he was dead. Little did she know, it was not her son. Dun, dun, dun. But when I look at him closely in the morning, in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son I had born. I think everything just always sounds far better with some little British accent. I just imagine that this is exactly how this played out. Cockney. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. picturing something from like, uh, you know, um, maybe the demon butcher of Fleet Street. 
you know, you're going to go down and make some meat pies next. Meat pies. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> Wait. No. That's, that's Australian. That's right? Australian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a little, a, little, a little further south. The other woman, she said, No! The living one is my son, the dead one is yours! That's a little overdramatic, right? That doesn't quite... That's a scary woman. I I think I would let her have it. I feel like she is... This is a scary woman. Yeah. The first one insisted, No! The dead one is yours! The living one is mine! And so they argued before the king. The king said, This one is yours. My son is alive, and your son is dead. Well, that one says, No, your son is dead, and mine is alive. And the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and the other half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of her love for her son and and said to the king, please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill the baby. Don't let the dingo in. But the other one said, Neither do I, nor you shall have him cut him in two. The king said and gave the ruling, Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God. To administer this justice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Why wouldn't Solomon be played by Sean Connery? <laughs> <laughs> Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> I feel like Sean Connery is definitely the. I mean, God rest his soul. He would have made a great Solomon. I don't disagree. I don't know. Every movie that you ever watch about like he, he the Middle ha- East always, always has, has it's always people with a British <laughs> accent. So it just makes sense. Until the chosen. Yeah. They've the first ones to do it right. So, yeah. And he always is surrounded by ladies in almost every show, so you've got that in common. Yeah. Well. There you go. <laughs> I mean they still speak English. Yeah. But but they always least, have at least they have accents yeah. that are, yeah. you know. So it's not like Passion of the Christ movies. where you have to like read the entire movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's no, right? No, it's like I don't know. I I appreciate what the Passion of the Christ did, but man, yeah. I hated having to read that whole thing. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot, an abundance of dialogue in That's Passion true. of the Christ. It so. wasn't. It wasn't too terrible. Plus, it and was pretty much the Bible, <laughs> except for we have it translated in English. I mean, like we do have it. Translated. They translated it in English <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> It's like all the Asian dramas I gotta watch with Lizzie. Mm, Asian drama. So, this is uh, just another day in Asian drama. Yeah, right. That's what this is. We call it Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the Asian horror flicks. Please, sir. Uh, Pretty good, actually. We will come. So, we must uh, come. the reason I wanted to talk about this was because I feel like. We, um, have, we have your order in 15 minutes? The baseline concept of... We come to the king. We have an order of 15 minutes. 
<laughs> baseline con content. Oh my gosh, I can't even think now. Content. Yeah, Concept? the baseline of what is going on in this happens on the everyday in our in our life, right? Not necessarily that the baby's dying or anything like that, but the fact that like you got lots of mess and confusion and dual reporting and narrative driven everything mm-hmm. and all of this stuff and uh generally speaking we don't utilize any kind of wisdom in in the discerning the truth right hmm. so lots of babies to... being stolen and switched out for dead babies right right yeah yep probably happens a lot more than we know mm. it's kind of weird and morbid very yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We're not talking about babies right now, right? Yeah, I hope not. Okay. I just want to make sure that we were on the same same plane there. But, I like, I was when we read through this and it says that they came before the king, like, they, they had gotten that far. There's, they could directly appeal. That's, that there was a direct sense. appeal to the king. Like, that would be almost like getting a speeding ticket yeah. and being like, I appeal to the Supreme Court. Well, Rome had it too. I mean, yeah. that's, you could. that's how. Yeah. That's how. Yeah, Paul. Paul, Paul played Paul that card. Played right? that card. I appeal right? to Caesar. Yeah. But you had to be a Roman citizen or whatever. Yeah. 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 So they didn't have like a court hierarchy system like we're used to. Like they had local judges, like not that wear robes and wigs, but maybe they did. Um, so they had that local judicial type system. Most of them were pretty corrupt, though. Well, at this point. The kingdoms are split. No. Aren't they? No. no. Not Solomon. That it's happens after, after Solomon. Solomon. Oh, you're right. It's Solomon's, you're right. Solomon's sons. You're right. So it's not. So he's a busy man. Yeah, I mean, and in fact, the Israel, the, I can't call it an empire, but the territory that Israel controlled at that time was the pinnacle of the time. It was the most that they had ever controlled under any one king, and it was under Solomon. And it was because of all of his wheelings and dealings. And it's probably a lot to do with all the wives and concubines he had, too, the political. Yeah. Right, and that that was a lot of of the reasons behind those concubines and all that. got married by proxy to any of them, so, like, he didn't actually ever meet them. It's possible because we read about him marrying the daughter of the pharaoh in Egypt... And how that was, like, a, a strategic thing. And, I mean, you know, Israel is kind of a weird place because it's it doesn't have an abundance of really great stuff, but it's between two places that had an abundance of really great stuff. And everybody wanted to control Israel, so they controlled the trade, the trade routes. Mm-hmm. So, and you have a lot of that same stuff kind of happening in in modern Israel and modern conflict that's happening there too. It's like Israel's really cool from like a Bible scholar perspective. But if you go there, you're like, I mean, it's the size of New Jersey for crying out loud. And nobody likes New Jersey. I don't care who you are. Nobody (laughs) likes New Jersey. Because of its size. Primarily. And it smells funny. And it's the only state in the union you have to pay to get out of. Yeah. Not even California is that low to make you pay to get out of the state. You have to pay to move out of California, though. I feel like the main reason people don't like New Jersey is because of the New Jerseyans. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you're from New Jersey, we're just here to offend you. I'm sorry. I'm from Pennsylvania, so every state has its New Jersey. And, like, if you're from Florida, like, Georgia is your New Jersey. But pretty much everybody can be unified. We just don't like California. <laughs> yeah, we can all stand on that fact. That New Jersey, be glad you're not California. <laughs> I mean, you, it probably doesn't smell quite as bad in California as it does New Jersey. And well, yeah, but there's more land Might not be quite as dirty. So you can't really... Yeah, there's some beautiful parts of California. I mean, I've never been there, but I've seen the pictures. I've been to some beautiful beautiful parts of California. Yeah. There's Him nothing... It. Him, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and, and I will say... Idlewild. Someone Him that had... not as much... Idlewild. That had vacationed regularly in New Jersey because you'd go down the shore when you're from from northeast Pennsylvania. And down the shore means you're going to Jersey. So I spent many summers in Wildwood. Cape May is beautiful. Okay. I'm going to shoot this rabbit. Okay, please do. Let's get back to it. So (laughs) what ran us down this rabbit trail? Oh, the size of Talking about the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, under Solomon, like... Now it's piddly in comparison to what, what it was under Solomon. And that's still not even what God promised the Israelites if they'd remained faithful to him when, they, when the whole Abraham thing was like, here, we're going to mark out all this territory. It's all going to belong to the people that I'm going to raise up and bear through you. But Solomon like somewhat brought some realization to that dream, but it was still not even what God had firmly promised. So I think there's some some wisdom in that, that even despite Solomon's wheelings, dealings, his wisdom, it still never reached the pinnacle in which God said, I will give you all of this if you just trust me and follow me. But wasn't Solomon also the one that, like, tried to seek, you know, fulfillment and all all sorts of things? Ecclesiastes. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. there you go. I mean, like... There is so he obviously, <laughs> meaningless, with all meaningless. his wisdom, right? Like, he still sought other things besides God to fill him up. Yep. And so, yeah, I always get really like conflicted because God grants him wisdom, right? He mm-hmm. it's the one thing he asks for, and he's like, "Cool, I'm gonna make you the wisest man ever." But along with that, I'm also gonna make you the wealthiest and most influential man at least in the time as well. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, like, where's the disconnect where Solomon had this experience with God on this mountaintop. He built him his, his palace, or he, the temple, and then he built his own palace. So, so there's some, like, non-wisdom-y stuff in that, too, because Solomon spends seven years building the temple, which is going to house the Ark of the Covenant, which is going to be, which is basically the brand-new tabernacle right and then he be- he spends 13 years building his palace yeah so then all of a sudden you're like hmm is this wise man really as wise as he should be but it- he built the he built the temple to the exact specifications he did. that god gave yeah. yeah so if solomon was left to do it his own way maybe he would have it's fair spent mm-hmm. 20 years on it yeah. or whatever that and he had like a thousand concubines i mean that's yeah, a big where place. I mean, he's yeah. got a... Yeah. And then their servants, and then their servants. You know, like, yeah. it's a big place. I mean... Looking for uh, 1,900. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you got on the Bedroom? Right yeah. 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 Do you have a 100,000 square foot house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100,000? That's not near enough. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. You're right. I'm, I'm sure you're right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I always get caught up in that whole, like, wisdom thing. But he he did some really dumb things for being so wise. Mm-hmm. Number one, marrying more than one woman. Dumb, right? Yeah, and and but in all fairness, like, I don't know that it actually talks about, like, how many of them that he took as his wife wife because there is the whole like trade deals right that that was it was looked at a little bit differently than two you know yeah but there was still obligations more than one still there were still (laughs) obligations that you would have to to your wife even if you took her as a pawn to negotiate and he had a lot of kids yeah dude had a lot of kids Law, law of children. Yeah, I just. Hmm. I guess you can have wisdom and not use it. Hmm, that's a pretty good point. Mm. It's one thing to have it; it's another thing to use it. But, isn't but that, I've I've isn't always that more looked at like it. You can have knowledge and not use it, and that's a lack of wisdom. Right. When you have mm. wisdom. That's what I was going to say. How can too. you yeah, not use wisdom the that's very how thing I've that always... causes you to use what you have? Yeah. How can better? you not use it? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's how I've always looked at it, too. Huh. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. Well, and if I remember correctly, like, his pursuit for God, like, the reason they said he has a half heart for God is as he got older. He started to follow his wives and all their foreign gods and all that stuff, and they started to pull him away from God, like, yeah, and more of his declining years and stuff, like, but it's something that he allowed into his life that would eventually pull him away from God. Maybe it's one of those like, it shows that even the the greatest wisdom yeah. of humanity can be swayed. I don't know. There's, there's got to be a lesson in there. Because you read, you read Psalms that Solomon writes. I mean, Ecclesiastes is such an incredible book. You read Proverbs, right? The, the wisdom of Solomon there. There's other, there are other extra biblical books that are loosely tied to Solomon as well. You know that he, write, he writes over, what, a thousand Psalms? A thousand Proverbs? I don't know, something like that, right? Okay, you're all just nodding your head looking at me. I believe you. But it says that in the Bible somewhere. It says that it's contributed, you know, Proverbs and Psalms are, abundance of them are contributed to him. You're forgetting the most controversial one of the group. Song of Solomon, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that tells you where his mind was. Exactly why he got himself into trouble. That's proof that it it wasn't just, you know, trade deals. It was definitely more than that. Yeah. And, okay, so maybe we backpedal this one step. Maybe just because you're wise doesn't mean you don't have a sin nature Mm. that you act on. Yeah, just because I know something's right doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to choose. Yeah. Like, I still make the decision to do the same thing that I did yesterday that was sinful today. Like, Yeah, Yeah, there's still room for failure. I mean, God didn't decide to make him perfect. Right. And, like... He just had wisdom. You think about it, and he had a horrible example for, like, what a father figure is in his his actual dad. Like, Yeah, like, the apple didn't fall far from the tree <laughs> like, on that one. Like, David obviously was a womanizer as yeah. well. 
and well, then it's like and mm. then yeah and then letting his half brother rape his half sister and not doing anything about it and mm-hmm. then letting the half the full brother of the sister kill like him later and then mm-hmm. he actually tries to take over the kingdom like it's like like just like you think your family's messed up like <laughs> yeah just just look at the guy who's called a man after god's, god's own, own heart. heart yeah and you know solomon like he like you see all these stories of david and how busy david was so how much did david actually have in the raising of solomon like well yeah i mean that was pretty typical right yeah in the ancient world where at at a, at a certain age a boys king, would yeah you, boys it would, would be more i would think you would be le- you would be less likely to be that's around. fair but should Solomon have even been the king? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. That went true. that went to the oldest son. Yeah. And in fact, that is part of the controversy that that Solomon runs into is that David's oldest son at the time, which is didn't, he rebelled against him, didn't and tried to kill him, I believe. Yes. Well, and then when the kingdoms divided afterwards, it's after Solomon, wasn't it? It was his general, his general, and somebody else, right? Okay, so Adonijah. Disgraced. That's it. Adonijah was the the next one. In when life. David became king, did God just do away with the whole like Samuel concept of picking the next king thing? Like, cause Samuel picked David. You know, like he God picked David through using Samuel. Yeah. Like, did that go away all of a sudden and it became just yeah, lineage? It did. Yeah? Yeah, because it said that David will have a man on the throne forever. So it will be his his lineage for all time that will sit on the throne. And then obviously Jesus, Jesus is an allusion into all of that, but you also have to look at the dual fulfillment of the prophecy too, which would be it should be David's David's true heir. And that's what you find even in the, even in the warring kingdoms when the the split happens. It's still, it's still, basically David's hmm. ancestors, or the David is the ancestor of those that sit on the throne. Until there was no more throne. Until there was no more throne. It makes sense. And even at that point, you're like, what the heck? What the heck? Like, didn't God make this promise? Is God not falling through in his promise? And then, hello, New Testament. Hello, yeah, but even if, Matthew. Even if, even if from, like, if David was the last one on the physical throne, mm-hmm. wouldn't the prophecy still be fulfilled in Jesus? I mean, not saying that it couldn't be, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean... I mean, you still have to trace all the lineage, just like you run into in in the genealogies opening the gospel. Yeah. So that is true. Like, it it could be, but historically it wouldn't make any sense. Like, in the ancient context, that wouldn't make any sense. That's true. So, yeah, it had to be a son of David, and, and it was succession, and that was... That was why there was a little bit of controversy when, so when Saul died, right, and 
Jonathan, who would would have been the next in line, like that was why there was a little bit of conflict when there was this other heir apparent, which is Mephibosheth, which David honored at that point. Um, that was why the people were kind of like, whoa, what are you doing? Because that is a descendant of Saul, which means he he could cause some conflict, could cause some turmoil. Was he, being like, was he the one with the clubbed foot? Yeah, he was okay. the one. Yeah, yeah he, yeah. he had an issue walking. So, I mean, people look kind of look down yeah. on him on that. So, yeah. but David honored Saul through this crippled descendant. Wasn't it Jonathan's son? Could be. I think it was Jonathan. I think from Raquel, he yeah. was Jonathan's son. Derek says yes, so it's got to be true. <laughs> and not Derek Stevenson, because it might but, not like, be true then. David and Jonathan, like, were so close, their friendship and everything. Yeah. And then, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't imagine losing, you know, my best friend. But then, like, thinking all of their family had died and then finding somebody that's related to them and mm-hmm. being, like, so excited, like... Mm-hmm. And, like, wanting to help take care of them and make sure that they're okay for the rest of their life. Yeah. Because, like, lost everything and everyone. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, Go ahead. Your turn. Well, I was going to say back to what we're talking about, like, uh, the passage we were talking about. Like, so in this, there's two different narratives going on, both claiming to have the truth, Mm -hmm. right? And yeah. and one is the truth. Mm-hmm. One is not the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just word of mouth claiming something's true isn't necessarily good enough always, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you got to kind of read between the lines and mm-hmm. and force force a truth to come out, right? You actually have to be seeking truth to find truth or else, you know, could have been either woman's baby. So how do we, how do we work on thinking more critically like, like that? You know, I mean, in this case, so it cut the baby in half and give him, I mean, that wasn't, he wasn't actually going to cut the, going baby. To cut the baby in half. He right. kind of knew that, that, uh the real mom wouldn't allow that to happen and pause for a moment. The other woman was like, yeah, just cut the baby in half. Yeah. Like what psycho, if you wanted the baby in the first place, why would you just go along with that? Like, I don't know. She had to, maybe she had a little bit of crazy going on from killing her baby. I don't know, but maybe she brought that with her. Yes. (laughs) Maybe she was crazy before she killed her baby. Could be. Like, she brought it her own lunch. <laughs> but I just mean, like, you know, how do we, how do we, uh, how do we practice something like that? I mean, we've got media, right? Mm-hmm. And social media mm-hmm. and all of the medias, and mm-hmm. everyone's spitting a narrative, whether it's right, wrong, in between. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, there is no in between, by the way. It's just black and white, true and not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, how do we practice wisdom in, in our day-to-day trying to, you know, decipher through some of this media stuff that's going on? 
It's a good question. For me, like, when I do, when I'm, I don't like to watch stuff, like, on the TV about news and stuff like that or whatever's going on. Um, I prefer to, like, read articles and stuff. So when I read articles, like, I look at them trying to look at both sides of it and like you can definitely tell when a narrative is focused towards one side or the other or one thing or the other and it like colors literally everything they write so it's mm -hmm. really hard to be like okay like this is truth and this is not but like it's the truth but like in a way that isn't truth mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of times mm -hmm. so it's really something hard to discern and to figure it out and like you know i think so many people so many people in the church so many people like because i've been reading a lot about spiritual gifts lately and like people like discount discernment as part of that being able to tell whether something's of god or not of god mm -hmm. like it either is or it isn't like there's no which way <laughs> like there's no there's no other option like and <clears throat> having that spirit um and some people are gift really gifted with that but like some people like they have to work on that discernment so i don't know i think we all need to work on mm -hmm. discernment i mean that's that's something i definitely think because i mean our society is one today that half the time we just believe the first thing that comes along mm -hmm. or the thing that most fits our our life narrative mm -hmm. right like our worldview yeah our whatever whatever we think most fits us we tend to go along with mm -hmm. and i mean I, that's not something that's necessarily new mm -hmm. um but it's just more it's more out in the open now mm -hmm. you know um i don't know like seeing seeing all this stuff with like fauci for instance, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't want to go too necessarily political, but like Fauci sure, said one thing, said a lot of things, mm, right? Many things. And then turns out his emails were saying other things. Mm -hmm. And it's like he blatantly lied. Mm -hmm. And now he's openly saying he blatantly lied mm -hmm. with zero repercussion. Mm -hmm. Like, so if we know that people are lying to us in in media and in, in in you know yeah our our leadership and all yeah. that like how do we figure out what the truth is yeah. in that like we because we we got to figure that out for ourselves yeah. really so so good example here let, let maybe let's take even to the next level so the whole like great possibility now that the coronavirus was something that made its way out of a lab that was manufactured by humans in the Wuhan province, right? They, they pointed it back to the lab, and now there's backpedaling, right, with Fauci and the whole, oh, we're not funding them, but we are funding them, like all that kind of stuff that's going on. And then the excuse that's made is, well, because Donald Trump said it, it can't be true. So if he said it, and it could possibly be something that really might have happened, well, we don't think anything that he says is true, and they're, they're started, they questioned his credibility, right? When anybody with a real sense can recognize that he sensationalizes things, yes, but there is, there is truth in what he says. I mean, that was kind of the way all of that worked. Um, so we have to have that heart of wisdom to be able to discern and not just take 
take people's word for it, right? Because mm-hmm. we live in a place where the things that are being sold to us are being sold to us for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't do a great job of 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 standing on the non-flashy, the unflashy, unbiased truth, right? Mm-hmm. We want there to be a juicy story attached to it, right? We want there to be mm-hmm. controversy attached to something because uh, I don't know, it stirs something inside of us. Our sin nature, maybe? Like kind of like Solomon, maybe. So I love what um what the psalmist writes in Psalm ninety. Just I mean this may even be pulled out of context, I hope not, but teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So that's that's a really great line in there. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So what does that line tell us? It tells us that our days are numbered, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That the maybe 90 years that we're given, I mean, what's the average life expectancy? 70s, right? Early 70s. Mm-hmm. That we look at those things and we have a hard time seeing the end of it. But God's not only seen the end of it, of our lifetime, he's seen the end of eternity. And we, well, the end of our age, right? The end of the time of humanity existing in in the realm that it exists right now before the restoration through Christ. And we have such a long time recognizing that there is a long game and we're just one small insignificant part of the long game that's being played. But we want to try to make an impact as much as possible right now. But we don't recognize that the impact we're called to make is one that's meant to have eternal repercussions. Like, we're called to make an eternal impact on the lives of the people around us by pointing them to the one who can offer them eternity. (laughs) But that's not really sensational, right? (laughs) I mean, it, it should be, but it's not. Yeah. Why? Because then does that mean the things that we do can be mundane and there's there's worship in that and there's significance and importance in the mundane? Because we don't want mundane, right? We want extravagant. We want biggest, best, boldest, loudest now. We don't want to wait for those things. Yeah. Be still and know that I am God. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. the hardest part. I like that's for me is the hardest part is like just being still and listening mm-hmm. for God. And there's so many distractions, so much media, so much everything around us that like mm-hmm. it's just hard to just be still and mm-hmm. just, just be in the moment with God. And and it's and I think part of the issue with just people like like nobody's nobody's unbiased. Like there's people right. that said they're un- they're unbiased, and I'm like, no, you're biased towards something or another. You're biased. You lean more towards one side or the other on every issue. Like, right. there's not somebody who's completely like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect me, or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, and then there's people that like they hear that biased opinion, and then they don't do their own research or look into it or do things like that, and then they continue to preach that or spread that biased opinion as if it's fact Mm. and i think that's also something that 
Satan uses to distract us as well is because it, if we tried to do all the fact finding, it would take us a lifetime oh, yeah. on yeah. just a couple issues, like not every single one of them. Yep. But not if we did it together. See, that's the thing. See, that's that's the thing. I but don't. But people I don't are going to so. be biased either way, so they're not going to get <clears throat> work together to look for the actual but truth in it. My scripture does talk about like getting together and seeking wisdom, mm-hmm. seeking the truth. You yes. know, and so like, I think that. Obviously, we're not going to gain all yeah. truth, you know. I mean, we're not going to gain knowledge of all truth, but I, I honestly think it it comes back to nobody's got patience enough to to even want to seek the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it does take a long time. Mm-hmm. It does take effort and work, and we are <laughs> like we've talked about before, a society of uh, yeah. three second swipe, you know, like three yeah. minute well, content. And not just that, like I think of like the covid and all this stuff and medically engineered stuff like it don't it takes a degree to fully understand those things sure and they can't even agree on it (laughs) yeah that's that's, like that's a great point and we get to play they're the armchair quarterback yeah is is really all the best that we get to play in those kind of things and then when we have an opinion that has some form of rationale attached to it we're told that we're uneducated and not Mm -hmm. able to make those decisions but but then it turns out that the people that are supposedly educated enough to know this stuff is lying to us, right. and it's it's confirmed out of their own mouths that they're mm-hmm. lying to us about it. Like, we ha- there has to be a way to actually sift through some of it and discern, even without a college degree. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there was a good point made to me on a TikTok. I messaged, I, I posted uh, a comment on a uh, progressive Christianity preacher, teacher, Mm. whatever her, she is, um, Mm. on her TikTok and saying, you know, and I, I have this way about me, if you know me at all, uh, where I say things in a, in a manner in which I don't necessarily mean them. Like Mm. I mean one thing and it comes out a different way than I mean. And it sounds really bad. So basically I was like, you know, what is your, what's your credentials? And she like flipped out because of the way I worded it. And, and it makes sense. Like, but she, she made a good point. Like you don't necessarily have to have credentials to preach the gospel and preach truth. That's a great point. Um, But at the same time, like, we do have to seek the truth in order to know it. Right. You know, we have to sift through and and fight for that truth, um, in order in order to know it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I think that that we have a lack of want to, but there's got to be there's got to be a way. You know, and maybe it's maybe it's patience. Maybe that's the well. And the, the other, I think yeah, it is patience. Pa- patience, and patience definitely is is one of those root. Uh, root medicines that we need to take and and recognize. The other thing is we've got to stop putting up with the banter, you know? Oh. We've got to stop putting up with the grandstanding and the politic- politicization. Like, think of the impact. Like, it, let's say... Let's say without a shadow of a doubt, because there's probably one small little tidbit of shadow of a doubt that that this um, that the coronavirus was manufactured lab in Wuhan, and imagine the were the repercussions if they would have fessed up and said, "Oh yeah, we made this right here," 
here's the strain that we worked with. Would it have ever gotten to the place that it did? Mm. But one thing that we don't recognize is China is a is an honor shame society, right? Mm-hmm. And that would have brought great shame upon those who were involved, right? Not only them, their country. Right, and their country. And their their identity is, is and China is, they are their country. Right. Like, that is their identity. Yep. So, yeah, like, shame on that. But imagine the world repercussions. Like, we're, we're talking about, I don't know, what did they say, 30 million people that have died from coronavirus in, in total. Um, and 30 that, million? I don't know. I'll I, I, I might be making that up. I read something this morning that talked about the millions of people, and I'm pretty sure it was. I don't think it's 30 million. 30 million. I mean, there's there's almost 8 billion people in the world. So what's 0.05% of that? Mm. I don't know. Do the math. But I'll talk while you're doing math because, hey, that's my job. <laughs> so, yeah, nowhere near 30 million. Okay. <laughs> it was, It was almost... Four million have died. Okay. Well, you know where I read that? New York Times. Thank you. There's your biased opinion, okay? <laughs> so what I try to do, not that what I do is right necessarily, but I read I read the the New York Times morning headlines every morning. And I you can you can you can, I mean it's just oozing with biasness. Every once in a while they'll surprise me and I'll be like, huh. They told the truth there. Um, most of the time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, can you, like, sling any more poop in my mouth at one time? Like, can you do that? It's not even possible. So I like to read that because of that, because I need to balance out the other stuff that I take in and that I read. And in, in between all of it is where the truth lies. And both sides are always trying to cover for their side instead of saying, hey, you know, we could get a whole lot farther if we just work together on this whole thing. Yeah, and the the whole media thing and that stuff, like um, uh, somebody at our church, her husband uh, helped um, get some kids out of a car and canal. So... Uh, like, there was all this, like, I saw her post on social media, and then I saw a news article about it. Well, the news article said that the kids were let, that dad had crashed the car mm-hmm. into a canal, got the kids out, and left the kids by themselves on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this this lady's husband helped him get them out of the canal mm-hmm. and got them to the side of the road. The kids were never on the side of the road by themselves. He put them in her his car. Yeah, the dad fled. And, the da- and yes, yeah. the dad did leave them, but he didn't leave them on the side of the road with nobody. It made it sound like cops pulled up and found kids on the side of the road right. left by their dad. And it was yeah. like, no, they were in this, you know. So, And I was like, and that's just an article about somebody doing something good. Mm-hmm. And how much did they get wrong? Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know... So, it's maybe a, Lizzie was right. I mean, like, maybe, you know. Um, <laughs> Fancy the, this. <laughs> the, the thing we need to start doing, and and Mike, Mike uh, McGivern told me the same thing. And it's, I, I asked him, you know, why are you always so quiet during meetings and whatnot? And he said, it's because I've never learned anything from talking. Hmm. And so maybe it, maybe we should shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. 
to everything that's going on and not listen to give a response, mm -hmm. which I'm really good at. I'm really good at listening to give a response. Okay. I was going to say, what um, part of that are you really good at? I'm really okay. good at listening to give a response. I'm not really good at just simply listening. Mm -hmm. um, that's been our, that's probably one of our biggest fights. Yeah. <laughs> over and over. But over. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's the key to it is just listening to everything, mm -hmm. you know, and waiting till you've got enough inputs to actually make an informed discernment, mm -hmm. you know, on it. Because you, it's hard to discern something unless you have the gift of discernment mm -hmm. from the first, you know, little bit, yeah. little bit you're given. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. What we have to know is we have to know the face of the baby. All right, that's that's a little like, but okay. Think about this. <laughs> think about this. How I'm does, listening? How, <laughs> I'm not following, but I'm listening. <laughs> the the baby that was laying next the to two, the mom. The two oh. women. The, oh, the okay. two women. Oh, okay. Yeah. The child's face. Yeah. 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 The the two women. Like, she, she could have very quickly been like, "Oh, my baby died because I rolled over on him, and and while we were sleeping, and now that was the end of it." But she knew because she knew the baby's face, right? She knew that that's not my baby. And if you're a parent, like, you know what your baby looks like. You know what your baby smells like. You know what your baby cries like. You know the, the little gibberish that your baby says. Like, you know that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing some of that right now. We've got two kids, two one-year-olds that we're caring for um, in an emergency situation with, with somebody in our community. And along with our one-year-old, and I know distinctly what what my baby sounds like. And when even when there's three babies, three one-year-old boys that are crying, I'm like, I know which one's mine. <laughs> and even down to the stink, like I'm like, that's my kid's brew. Like I know, <laughs> you just know. As a parent, you know. So she knows the truth, right? And both of these moms know the truth, and one wants to deny the truth despite the fact that she doesn't know that baby, right? She doesn't know what that baby looks like. She doesn't know that baby smells. She doesn't know that baby stinks. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't know that baby, and that baby doesn't know her either. So we've got to understand, and we've got to look at, at the baby. And so this is going to be my, my altar call, right? We've got to know the baby, right? There is one truth, right? And it's Jesus is but the I, truth. Yeah. We've yeah. got to know the baby, right? We've got to know the baby sure. that was in that manger 2,000 years ago. And the thing is, all of these other things, they're important, right? But meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Hevel, hevel. Everything is hevel. Like, that, that's, that's the truth of the matter that Solomon leads us to in his wisdom, is all of this other stuff that's around us, like, we are simply chasing after the wind, right? We are simply yeah. throwing our fists at the, the wind, right? Trying to subdue this thing that we have no control over. And we will we'll seek, and we will search, and we will discover, and we will fight, and we will war, and we will battle, right? And there is a time for everything. And what we have to recognize is that so many of these other things that we make such a big deal in our life Don't has matter. no bearing on our life right. whatsoever. Does it matter right now if there was a, a virus that was created in a Wuhan laboratory in China? Like, there's got to be repercussions, right? People should 
should satisfy those repercussions. But should that have a bearing on the happiness and joy in my life? Does that have a bearing on my eternity? Mm. No. It doesn't have a bearing on anybody's eternity. Does it matter who the president of the United States is? Like, okay, there are some policies that will make a difference in the way we live, right? But should it ultimately affect my joy, right? Like, you always have that that picture of that that girl that's melting down when Trump was elected, right? Why? Why? Right? Like, seriously? It affected you that much. And if that, if that is the way that it affected you, you better check yourself, right? Like, you need some serious, not ne- necessarily mental and emotional help. You need some serious spiritual help because you're investing in all the wrong places. Uh-huh. Well, and I think, I think about the whole, like, everybody's big deal with Trump, right? Like, how many of us did it affect besides offending? Right. Like... Okay, so you were offended by it, but like, did it really affect you? Right. Anything that he did? Right. At all? I mean, I mean, the, the fact that joblessness few... was the lowest it's ever been. Right. I mean, that had a positive effect, right? right. The right. fact that, yeah, unemployment. But that's not the stuff that they complain about. No, no, the stuff no. they complain right. about is because what he's said. yeah, orange man say mean things. The, the, right. The offended thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Like that's that's seriously like, and and maybe 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 it's more of. Not as much of, like, the it doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but, like, maybe we need to just check our priorities. Mm-hmm. Because the things that our president does, does matter. Mm-hmm. It sure. matters not just on the whole, like, grand scale of our country, but it, it changes and affects how we get to tell others about Jesus. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how, how our, our big goal is, right? But our perspective should not be on necessarily what he says, but what he does. Because mm-hmm. you can say one thing, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's like it's like my dad always says, you can wish in one hand and you know what in the other and see which one fills up faster. Like, it's the things that they do. <laughs> what that, do I know? That, that, that goes in the other hand. Up. <laughs> I don't know it's what. It's the things that they do that fills up. And the things that they say have zero, zero matter at all. I mean, yeah. in the grand scheme. Well, and you're talking about joy and stuff, like... Joy, like... Isn't that your niece? No, yeah, it's okay. my niece. But, joy. like, joy is something that is within you, and you either let things take it away from you or you keep it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is your decision fully. Like, yeah. that's not on anybody else. You I allow take things to further. steal your joy. I want to take a and step further here in a second when you're done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, I want to take I it a step further right now. Just I, stop talking right now. Now she's forgotten. No. But, like... I go to church, obviously. I work at a church. But, like, I go to church and I see people's joy at church. And I've been to some different places, different countries, and been church there. And, like, in the countries where they shouldn't have joy because they have nothing, they Mm -hmm. have more joy about going to church than anyone I've seen here. Right. Greater hope. In the United States. Greater love. And then you read these stories about the joy that people have in these countries where they're not allowed to be Christians, but they still continue to be Christians and to follow God and to follow Jesus and the joy that they have. And they're not worried about dying. They're not worried about mm-hmm. being killed. They're like, if this is what God wants, it's going to be okay. Yep. And then we have people here that it's just like, oh, I can't be bothered on Sunday. Like, yep. okay. Part of it's that really hard sidetrack. But part of that is like, if you have a greater debt, right? 
mm-hmm. you you when that debt's forgiven, mm-hmm. you have a greater joy for for that yeah. too. So there's some of that that mm-hmm. gets to play in mm-hmm. in that too mm-hmm. because they have they're it's more dangerous. They've they you know all of these other categories mm-hmm. fit in there. I want to say like I want to challenge the whole other people taking your joy. Mm-hmm. I want to say like I want to call it hiding your joy because with Jesus you have joy. Joy mm-hmm. is just it's a, it's. Mm-hmm. In you, it's down in your heart, right? It's nowhere, down in your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but I, I feel like it's more like it's being hidden than necessarily being taken, because you, you've got joy. Jesus is joy, and if He's in you, then then you've got the joy, down in your heart. Where? <laughs> down in your heart. Yeah. So so I think it's more of like a the putting the bushel over it, you know. Yeah. You know, like in the song, the other song, um, <laughs> you know, this little light of mine, you know, you're, you're putting that, that, that bushel, it's a that, parable too. the thing over, over the, uh, who you're lights, right. Who lights a lamp and puts a basket over it, puts a cover over it. Right. Nobody. Lamp, so I want to, I want to call it, <laughs> I want to call it hiding it more than, more than taking it. Like, I think that, that people also get the joy and the happiness mixed up. Mm, yes. I mean, happiness comes and goes. Joy. you know yeah so i don't know and i think about Obviously. it like the sacrifice i think especially living in the united states and stuff like the the like we should be so excited about what jesus has done for us that we should be telling everybody about it but how many churches and how many people are actually doing that? Like you go to these other countries where they don't know a lot about Jesus, but they have so much joy and they're sharing it with everybody. They're telling people about mm-hmm. it. And like, yeah, it's hard because we've been lulled to sleep. sleep. Yeah. We really have. We, we have the greatest privilege mm-hmm. and the greatest opportunity as evangelicals and to be able to share that hope and that faith in a way that is completely and uninhibited. Not only that, like you, the, we should be telling other people because we don't. We shouldn't be want them to go to hell. We shouldn't want them to be separated no, from God. We we shouldn't. We should want them to have the relationship. Well, yeah. I that like, that's one of those things. Like, I don't know. I think it's more important the relationship side than the heaven and hell side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that I I push always now because like, yes, hell is going to be horrible for those who go. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Heaven's gonna be great. But the relationship on the way and after mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Right. It, it's the thing that, that pushes us forward. It's the thing that drives us. It's the thing that life is literally all about is mm-hmm. the relationship. It has nothing to do with the ending. Yep. Like that's that that's, that's not not the purpose of the point. So it's because the end and the ending's not the ending. You know? Mm-hmm. Like right. yeah. you wanna hang out with your best friend all the time, right? Most of us, most of the time. You want you want to do that, sure, and like yeah. we'll get to do that with with God at the end of the at the end of it. Like we get to hang out with our best friend, who knows us better than anyone else, who actually made us, like who we are called to know better than we know anyone else too. And He's revealed that to us in an incredible way, and we miss that fact. And for that's why, and and for a lot of people who don't have that relationship, they're like, "What's the big deal? Like it doesn't matter to me." It's because you have no idea. Like you have not met your best friend yet. Yeah. yeah. You, you've you've got to meet your best friend. Like, mm-hmm. dude, he is so crazy about you. Like mm-hmm. he, like he's paid every debt that you could ever imagine, and 
He just wants to hang out with you for all eternity. And, y'all, it's not going to be lame and boring. Like, you're not going to be floating around in a little cloud playing a harp. Like, that's not what it's going to be like, y'all. In fact, the Bible paints a picture of of life operating in a way kind of similar to now, only not anywhere near now. Like, shalom, right? Everything operates as it was intended. I don't even know what that looks like. Operates as it was intended. What does that mean? It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we get. But it's not even about what we get. Like the relationship is the, you're right, that is the key. And that gives us so much hope. Every day when we wake up, regardless of what we're confronted with, that should give us so much hope that nothing should stand in the way. And, And I know every one of us here, like we've all had hardships in our lives that we faced and like I I don't I don't I couldn't have done it without Jesus. Yeah. Even before I really knew Jesus, there was still a little bit of hope that maybe this is right. Maybe this is true. And if it is, man, I want a whole lot more of it. But yeah. we gotta know the face of the baby, right? We gotta know that baby face. We gotta know that baby stink. That baby smell. And right now, all we are all all we walk around with is a dead baby. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that you you change the focus of that story. That's how I do things. Right. Well, it, it's just an interesting thing because... Preacher man. <laughs> most of the time, our focus is going to be from Solomon's point of view. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we discern the two quote-unquote truths, right? Mm-hmm. The two narratives. But really, if you know and live by the truth... The narrative doesn't matter Mm-mm. because, you know, the truth sets you free, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's go some one-liners, right? Yeah. You know, you could even throw in a wake, awake, a sleeper, you know. There you go. Country, wake up. But, yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting, like, knowing the face of the baby, knowing knowing the truth, mm-hmm. you know. It, both moms knew the truth, mm-hmm. right? Like, but knowing the truth. And Solomon did. Desiring the truth. Yeah. Right, desiring the truth yeah. is even, even just as important as knowing the truth because, yeah. like, the other mom knew the truth, but she didn't desire the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, she desired her own wants and desires, and that leads to sin, as Paul talks about. Mm-hmm. You know, that that drags you away. You know, after mm-hmm. you're enticed. So, like, it's not just knowing, but also desiring the truth. Mm-hmm that we need to focus on that's that's a good that's a good redirect i like i like that story redirect boom you know redirect most of the time it's like how do i have discernment like like solomon well no one desire truth we don't have the wisdom right so we got to know the face of the baby yeah we got to get to know the baby yep what's he smell like change some diapers but we just keep carrying around dead babies like, hmm, maybe this baby will make me happy. We want everybody else's baby. Ooh, there you everybody go. Else's babies. There you go. I mean, and Solomon Let's also went that. through that. Like, yeah. like that. We want everybody else's babies. Yep. I know Jesus. Yep. But I constantly struggle with wanting money to fill me, mm-hmm. with sex to fill me, with you know all these other you yep. know obstacles. Power. Yep. I, I we constantly want all these other things to fill me up but we know jesus 
and we know he's the one that fills us, but we're constantly redirecting and 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 losing sight of that. Yep. We want everybody else's baby. Yeah, that's what I love about the book of Ecclesiastes, and I wonder if if that's where God's intention was by allowing Solomon to do the the presumably foolish things that he did was so he could write the book of Ecclesiastes and say this this one single book right here is a complete narrative of the life of humanity. Mm. Yeah. It is, because yeah. we all chase after it. We all want, we all... Mm. And then when we get, we're like, well, this didn't really scratch the itch, so there's got to be something more and better and different. And then we go chasing after some other thing, some greater thing. And and it, it, it's not meant to condemn us to say, oh, we can't have nice things, or we can't achieve great things, or you know, we can't live life presumably well from our even our societal cultural standpoint but what it's saying is that there is something greater none of those things will ever truly satisfy you it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter doesn't matter um you know what you create what power what significance you have like you're always going to be wanting longing for something like i i think that's summed up really well in, in like Steve Jobs, the life of Steve Jobs, like how his life ended. Cancer, died a, a horrible death, but one of the most powerful men in the world, and at, certainly at the, hop, the, the top of, of, the, of the tech world. Um, you know, and you can see some of that happening in Bill Gates right now, right? One of the most wealthy men in the world, and now his marriage is falling apart, and all of this other stuff is coming out. He's had all these affairs and has mistreated interns and has done all of those kind of things, right? Because money corrupts the soul so often, right? Uh, and we have to be careful in 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 watching and in go in endeavoring in those pursuits that we don't get lulled to sleep, because when we do get lulled to sleep, like maybe that's Maybe that's our death that we're going to experience at that time. So we, we chase after the dead babies when we've got one that's very much alive, very much well in front of us that we're called to, to embrace. And who will save us, in fact? Yeah. All right, so let's, let's wrap up there. That's a solid solid spot um, solidman solidman solomon yeah solomon obviously right. none of these guys asked for wisdom hey solomon <laughs> you dead you dead man look god Come didn't on. ask me what i wanted <laughs> i'm just saying um <laughs> he knows better <laughs> <laughs> i actually used to pray for wisdom a lot when i was growing up all right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the challenges in life that, that you give us to grow us, God. Uh, more and more every day I realize that that when I ask you for something like patience or wisdom, um, you instead give us opportunities to become wise and, and become patient. And I just thank you for that. Uh, I thank you for your ways uh, being so much better than our ways. And I thank just pray that you continue to help us to be patient and, and learn your ways, God. Um, I'm praying for patience for everyone that's listening. So um, I just pray that, that you give us those opportunities because 
the the more we listen to listen and not to respond, God, mm. the the closer we are going to be to to learning the truth. And I just pray that you you uh, you help us and guide us in all of that. Mm. So, thank you for uh, this awesome time that we have together to to learn and talk and chill. Um, I just pray that that you are glorified in all of it. It's in your precious and holy name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.